Breezy Point guy, Mike Sullivan's brother. Everybody knows Tommy. Ran for office twice, going to run again. He served in Afghanistan. He served in Iraq. He served in Kuwait. And if that's not enough, showed up on 9-11 and put bodies on his shoulder and saved lives. As the World Trade Center was coming down and burning, he saved lives. So on a serious note, calling myself a hero, stupid compare myself to this guy. But if Tom Sullivan says I'm a hero, then I'm going to wear it. Okay. Tom, am I a hero? Well, the fact that you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, stay out till midnight, and then do it again the next day, uh, that's, that's pretty tough there. That, that's a hero in my book. Yeah! I might have taken the other ferry back. <laughs> <laughs> you are the best. Uh, Tom Sullivan, so uh, you've run now twice. You ran for uh, assembly, and you won. But everybody knows what happened. Uh, Stacey Pfeiffer Amato cheated, nepotism, the whole thing, and they stole it from you. I know people hate to hear about stolen rigged elections, but it really does happen. It happened to you. And before that, did you run for state senate? Was that it? I did. I did. You know, and I, I always run with a good intention, and I have to blame my father, who's who would, who I always made his head spin with uh, all the things I get involved in. But he, uh, you know, he taught me never to give up. So, uh until things start to straighten out in our neighborhoods here, uh, I'll keep running as long as I have the support of the people. And uh, they've they've shown that time and time again, regardless of the results. So I'll keep fighting for them. You know, your I'll father was uh, your father John was a great man. I I knew him as a little boy. He was dear friends of my next door neighbor who recently died, Louis Iovine, and. I love your father, and now you, uh, you're you not planning on, well, obviously we just went through Election Day, but something tells me maybe next year, 2024, that great Sullivan name may be back on a ballot. You want to announce that now, or you want to wait? Oh, no, 100%. We're in, all in, as they say, you know. 100%. Is this is assembly now? What are you running for this time? The, the same, same seat as last time, the State Assembly for the 23rd Assembly District here in uh, Lower Queens, Southern Queens. And those uh, communities uh, include, uh, I guess, where we live, right? Uh, Basically from the Atlantic Beach Bridge, uh, you know, into Far Rockaway, Bell Harbor, Naponza, Breezy Point. And then you start to head north into uh, Broad Channel, Howard Beach, Lindenwood, Ozone Park, Hamilton Beach, towards the Racino there, off the the North Conduit, Bell Parkway area. Do you go as far as Middle Village or no? No. No, no, that that was the Senate seat. The Senate they redrew that as well. Right, they, right. They, they redrew all those lines. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one, boy. That was tough, and I remember election day. It was pouring. pouring. We're going back. This is what, like six years ago, and and I and I helped you out with the campaign. I was all yeah, too happy Mark to Malinaro do it. Malinaro was out there. Yes, with, Mark Malinaro and Eric Holrich at the time before I got into trouble. All these other folks, and, uh, and I love Eric at it to this day. But anyway, uh, long story short, I remember standing outside a middle school by a by a cemetery in Middle Village, uh, pumping up Tom Sullivan on a rainy day, and ended up at a yeah. pizzeria in Howard Beach. But it was still a great experience for you. I can tell you that. Yeah. Right. It was. It was. You know, I, I always tell people, listen, it, it's not easy campaigning, uh, but being part of uh, the great democratic po- process um, is an amazing, uh, exhausting uh, time out there. You meet so many great people, uh, and you meet you know, not so many great people out there. <laughs> it, can real, it can be real jerks, but you take, you take it, you know, you got to focus on the good. Now let's talk and, about uh, – let's talk yeah. about your uh... – your family history when it comes to uh, Veterans Day. So, and if I get anything incorrect here, Tom Sullivan, feel free 
to correct me. As far as I know, you served in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Kuwait. And I know your brothers, you know, Brian was a cop, but, um, you know, you've got other brothers, uh, even as we speak in Washington, D.C., that uh, work with some of the biggest intelligence people in this country. Am I right when I say there are seven brothers? How many of you, three or four, served uh, some type of uh, armed forces? Well, five of us started out with uh, boarding military high schools. Uh, Two of my brothers uh, wound up going to West Point. Uh, Even with the two of them, I I couldn't get in there. Right. Uh, So so I went ROTC. Um, Well, actually, I I met your your brother Michael, who everybody loves, of course, Mr. Brennan and Carr, because of his stay at LaSalle with Joseph Iovine. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, you're 14 years old, you go in, uh, it's not for everybody. And that's an important lesson to learn, you know, about service. And uh, I know places like Israel, uh, you have to, right? Because, you know, they just, they need the people They have the, they don't have the size of population, places like America to pull from. So that that two-year service, uh, you know, and I know a lot of people talk about that, that, they would have liked two years service, but it's it's certainly not for everybody. And and the draft was definitely a tough time. And this 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 uh, you know especially during the Vietnam War. I heard you guys talking about some movies, um, but you know an all volunteer force is 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 still the American way right now. Uh, hopefully, we never have to go to a draft again. Yeah. But you know I mean, it's something you know you learn from your parents, your grandparents. My father was drafted on his wedding day. Didn't know. Had to tell us, you know, my mom. <laughs> that oh, my God. I, I didn't I know that. So, it was fought, a great story. Did he fight in World War II? Your father? Where did he fight? No, 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 no. He was drafted towards the very end of Korea. Korea, right, 53. Yeah. That makes more sense, right? Yeah, when they just, uh, when things started, you know, yeah. uh, you know they never never called it. They just called the truce there, and it's still just the truce, right? They didn't, well, I mean, it still is. I mean, you got Kim Jong-un in North Korea yeah. who tries to F it up every day. But, but so, so for you, so you go to military academy, and then when do you make the conscious decision, Tom Sullivan, to no, take that's that? That's an interesting question. Yeah. So I, I go to college, and uh, I, I joined the ROTC program because I was still not sure at that time. You know, it wasn't that I didn't want to serve. It's what I, what I wanted to do afterwards. I never wanted to go on active duty, right? I wanted to be in the reserves, trained and educated, should something happen. And early on, I had some, you know, older, uh, experienced military people in the program. They looked down at that. They were like, what do you mean you're guaranteed to go in the reserves? And I said, well, I want to be a New York City police officer. and I don't want to get anything in the way of that, but I want to be in this program in case something happens. Little did I know that I'd be on the 96th floor of the World Trade Center when something happened. Wow. And I, I, I was set, had, you know, it was shortly after that I get a phone call in the new office. I got 72 hours to get to Fort Dix. I come home. I start dumping my drawers into my, my duffel bag. And uh, it, it was shock to the family, the extended family, and uh, thank God for my family. Uh, but, you know, and I went to, to Fort Dix, and I wound up with 168 people I never met before, and now I'm in charge. And uh, it was possibly one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. So wow. That was, that was the first time in 2003, then 2006, and 2009, and 2016. Little did I know that I would, you know, be doing that 
getting mobilized four times. So you were deployed, well, four times. So you were deployed in um, in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Kuwait, yes? Correct, yeah. What was the order? I'm just curious. Where would you go first? So it, it was, you know, basically for Iraq, and it was for, uh, yeah, I started to lose myself. So Iraq, Kuwait, then Afghanistan. So, so yeah. honest question, you're as tough yeah. as nails. I mean, you're the sweetest guy, all you guys, all the Sullivans, you're all sweethearts. For as tough as you are, cops and army guys and all that, you're all really nice people, which, of course, is a testament to your wonderful mom and dad, who I knew very well and know very well. Um, but you're a tough guy. You end up in Iraq, right? And, again, all you want to do is be a police officer in New York City. You're in Iraq. Were you scared to death? Or were you like, hey, I signed up for this. Let's go. No, I signed up for this. Let's go. Uh, you know, it, it, it's one of my uh, contentions that I've had with the military for many years with our early on training programs, like basic training now. Um you got to be tough. You know, you, you were talking earlier about Full Metal Jacket and the way that, that General, uh, the, drill, the drill sergeant was uh, you know, Arlie Ermey, right? That was that movie was good. You talked about the first half, right? Why? Because it was the truth. That's the way you got treated. He was preparing you for something horrific. Um, and we're not doing a great job at that anymore, you know. It, well, when you say we're not doing a good job anymore, and, and we only have a couple of minutes to go, but i got to keep talking to you because you're right. Because uh, I hear this all the time, and I have these conversations with Colonel Jack Keene and Jacob, so we'll join me later on today at Vietnam Bet, in that uh, all this woke stuff with the Army, you know, worried about gays and transgenders and you know, even gender. Uh, we're not concerned anymore about putting our best product on the field, if you will. Now it's about appeasing every race, every gender, every sexual preference. Is that what you're talking about, the woke army? Yes and no. So we still are concerned about putting the best people on the ball, on, on the field, right? Uh, it's just we've, we've now distracted from the shooting, the physical fitness, the land navigation, the basic soldier skills to all these other things. There are so many hours in a day, and, and when you have a limited time at basic training, um, or at any of these other camps, you, you start filling it with other things and you're taking away from the things that unfortunately could matter most one day to save your life. 